1: Here's BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon, it's Rich Bradbury, and welcome to Resource Center, your one stop shop for insights and strategies to help build and grow your business. Mental health at the workplace has become a top priority for businesses looking to hire high performing talent and has now been made a necessity for employers to create wellness solutions to help employees thrive at work. Now, we've spoken about this before, but some negative impacts of poor mental health include stress, burnout, Productivity, depression, and a distinct lack of motivation. These impact. Uh, can severely uh, change the performance rates of an individual at work, and there are plenty of factors that may lead to these negative impacts on the mental health of an employee. Now, today on the show, I'm joined in the studio with Hetel Doshi, uh, organizational psychologist and CEO at Opsych. She's going to help us bring down some of those factors, the role of HR in providing support mechanisms for an employee facing mental health issues, and how an employee can navigate through a difficult situation at work in dealing with mental health problems. If you want to get in touch with us, get us on our Mobile WhatsApp number, 018-789-8899. Or you can get us on X. We are at BFM Radio. Hettle, it's an absolute pleasure to have you back here in the studio once again. How are you?
0: I'm really good. Thank you so much. That's a good question to start with these days, isn't it?
1: Exactly. How are you and how are you doing? How is your mental health?
0: Um, you know, I think that's how we tend to answer the question. I'm good. but uh, Are you really? You know, uh exactly yeah. and and maybe a bit more specific than than that i i, I feel very energized actually mm. yeah so thank you for probing a little bit deeper how are you
1: i'm 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 better than i was uh,
0: which is what um, i was i
1: was a little bit down before i think mm-hmm. you know I, as you know and as we've spoken about before post pandemic i think there was a bit of post pandemic blues not just for me but for everybody mm. because it was a real struggle for a lot of people who were working during that period and who mm. were covering topics like we, what we do regularly yeah. and i think there was a, t- a Distinct period of burnout, mm. you know, and I think a lot of people probably went through that same thing mm. and were unsure how to cope with it, you know, mm. and some people wanted to talk to people, some people didn't want to talk mm. to people, and it, it became an issue, I thought, mm. uh, and you could see that amongst our friends, especially in this in this industry anyway.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad that you've, well, having seen you go through what you've gone through, I'm really yeah. proud of you, regardless you. of all that pain. Thank you. That you've, you've come through beautifully. Now. no, yeah. oh, that's very
1: nice. And you
2: look good. Oh, well,
0: thank
1: you very yeah. much. Um, I'll, I'll buy you. A coffee afterwards for that. Yes, please. Now, anyway, um, as we've said before, and as we've just discussed, mental health uh, issues are, are common—a uh, uh, common problem that happens at the workplace—and there are a lot of factors that can cause this to happen. Mm. Um, just to kind of kickstart the conversation today what are some of the, the possible factors that may lead employees uh, facing mental health problems at work I mean we've mentioned stress burnout productivity but to get there
2: mm.
1: what is it in in your opinion that are some of the the leading causes I guess mm.
0: well I mean just to start off with when we talk about mental mm. health I hope that we never talk about it in a way that is just about illness and yeah. pain and all of that because it is a it is a spectrum mm. on one hand you talk about mental illness but on the other hand it's about well-being yeah. and majority of us do not really Realize it that we can have both happening to us concurrently. So, for example, somebody who's got cancer but can still run a marathon better than myself or you over here. uh, Most of us are able to do both or experience both at the same time, this duality within all of us. Uh, When we talk about um, the, the causes of mental illness or mental pain, mental suffering, or in essence that you feel that you're suffering, forget about the word mental health for a second. That pain typically comes from something called the biopsychosocial model, and I don't want to get too technical about it. Um, bio meaning biologically, it could be your hormones or it could be certain parts of your nervous system that Mm. is not working in your favor. Uh, Psychologically, the thoughts that you have are not working in your favor. Socially, you feel like the environment around you is not working in your favor. Uh, There are two more things that are are not included in the model that I think is very, very critical. Um, We have biopsychosocial, but all of us You know, as psychologists, typically, right, we say that it's all in your mind, but I don't know how true that is. Mm. I think it's all in your environment as well. So I think when you are in the right environment, things happen in your favor, just like a plant that grows beautifully as well. Um, People also don't talk about another thing called spiritually. Um, Spiritually, we all live in a world and the one thing that is guaranteed for all of us is that we will die. And to be able to reconcile this in this one life where we are trying to win, but eventually we're all going to die. How do you connect and, and be able to find meaning in it? So I feel that the main reason that anybody, not I feel, the main reason where anybody is suffering mentally or even physically, is because there's a disconnect in many different parts of their potential experiences, biologically, psychologically, physically, socially, environmentally, and also, most importantly, spiritually. Mm. Yeah.
1: That's interesting. Mm. I, I don't think I've heard you, in our conversations at least, speak about the, the spiritual side of things quite so much.
0: Yeah, I actually took time out and went to the mountains in India to find uh, an elevated version of myself because performing at this level might have been very good for myself, my organisation, my team, my family, but I need to elevate myself. Mm. And it is not suffering, actually. It is a way to get to another level where the things that used to affect you in patterns now no longer affect you because you're looking at things very differently. Mm. And I don't think any of us have, you know, we say we want a mental health break or hopefully the future is I need a spiritually connecting break Mm. so that we really, really get a chance to... Be in love with ourselves Mm. all over again.
1: I think I just need to switch off my phone sometimes. I think that's one of the issues that I often find is is something that brings my mental uh, health to a different place. You know, Mm. because there was times where, and and you will know this for Mm. sure, there was no such thing as working hours, was there? Mm. And even now, I think Mm. that's that's still a bit of an issue. We're kind of in that. Uh, limbo Mm -hmm. where people are are unaware that there are there should be boundaries Mm -hmm. and work and even sometimes professional stuff comes in an Mm -hmm. hour where you Mm -hmm. should be in that space where you're taking time for yourself
0: Mm -hmm. would you agree with that yeah i think there's a time and place for everything and animals know it better they know when to wake up they know when to eat they know when to you know and they poop very quickly as well after they're done eating but we don't seem to understand that uh, we, we we say work life boundary, work life conflict. Well, actually, is not. It's how are you going to utilize your time and and make mm-hmm. it work in your favor, mm. and follow that pattern that is favorable for you so that it's sustainable. Mm. And most of us don't have a pattern for time. Yeah, uh, it's it's not really a cut off because all of us have our own
1: different timings. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Why do you think then? Uh, yeah, just before we take a break, it's important for for leaders and particularly mm. managers to be aware of. Um health issues, mental health issues amongst their employees and what role do you think that they play to encourage these open conversations about mental health at work? I mean we've spoken about this at length before how now it, it's something that we can talk about relatively openly
2: mm.
0: I really hope that you know whoever is listening to this and, and hopefully the nation and beyond which is why we really like partnering with me, with media parties is I hope we stop using the word mental health issues because what does that even mean right? right? right. And I do think that the narrative should be Um, what is the circumstance and situation that you're really in? Mm. Because that is then very relatable. That is then something that you don't need a psychologist for. Like, what is the situation that you're in? So, for example, the other day we met a CEO and he was just saying, you know, um, yeah, I would love to do, you know, training program and all of that stuff uh, Mm. that we were going to go on a retreat somewhere and get his team together. And he said, all of that is great, but I just need to sleep. I need to sleep. Uh, but people would call it burnout. They would call it fatigue. Oh, he's having nervousness in him. He just, yeah. the man has not slept in a very long time peacefully.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that can, and that is very easily understood. And if you can't understand it, at some point you will understand it because you will experience it too. Mm. And I think that is very easy to connect it from a humanistic perspective.
1: So do you think we've been throwing around these terms too too easily? Then? Absolutely. The,
0: the, I think it's a cop-out from from for, for uh, getting into a real conversation of what's right. actually really going on or maybe just being blinded um, it's like a uh, illusion, you know, that mm. there is something that is in pain. But actually, you're just in pain because of a circumstance. And let's talk about that situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not burning out. I just need more sleep. Yeah. It's simple as or, that.
0: Or for the past 10 weeks, yeah. I've had three hours of sleep. Can you understand that? Absolutely, 100%.
1: And that would make for a much easier conversation in the workplace.
0: I, I think that's how they used to communicate in the past.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it probably when was. When they isn't?
0: didn't have, you know, obviously they had mental health related issues as we know it today. Yeah. But they would articulate, I guess, what it is that, you know, potentially that they were going through. Not
1: necessarily hiding behind terms that seem to be of the moment. Lucid. Like, you know,
0: we don't know what that means, actually. Even as a psychologist, I don't know what it means.
1: Right. Okay. let's take a short break. Uh, Folks, you are tuned in, of course, to Resource Centre here on BFM 89.9. My name is Rich Bradbury. I'm here with Hetel Doshi. We'll be right back after these messages here on BFM 89.9, the business station.
2: Best for money. BFM 89.9.
1: BFM 89.9, the Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. You're tuned into Resource Center. It is your one-stop shop for insights and strategies to help build and grow your business. Uh, today we're discussing topics about we don't want, what do we do we say we didn't want to call it mental health, right? We
0: can call it mental health, but maybe not say mental health issues because we don't know what that is. Okay. Mental health is really your, you know, cognitive capacities and faculties that help you to thrive in life.
1: All right, and that yeah. was Hetel Doshi, the organizational <laughs> psychologist and CEO at Osin- uh, Osai, she's <laughs> me a job. <laughs> Hettl, um, I love it when you're here. And one of the things that I want to ask you is, I guess, not just for me, but uh, um, some examples mm. uh, for when uh, people in the workplace mm. um, might be having challenges, mm. you know, uh, right. to their mental health. All right. uh, and what would you suggest are some effective measures to kind of negate some of these challenges.
0: Mm. I love that you're pausing now. And yes, <laughs> yeah. I'm now reframing I feel everything, badly everything. for no, it. Don't, don't. I, I, I'm, I'm grateful that we're thinking about it this way. Yeah. Um, okay, so strategically, uh, you know, one of the things that um, is difficult for us to do because it's such a fluffy concept, your mental health, you cannot mm. see it, it's invisible, but mm. it's very, very pertinent and it's your life, your entire life, but it's invisible. So one of the things that we like to do is to measure this. And what we've realized in Malaysia right now, when we talk about mental health, uh, there are three issues. Number one, it is inaccurately spoken about or inaccurately measured. What we mean by inaccuracy is when we, whenever we talk about mental health, we always talk about depression, yeah. anxiety, stress, suicide. And that is just one part of it. And typically a very, you know, not a big part of it. We don't talk about the well-being part. So the inaccurate measurement in Malaysia and the inaccurate reporting that mental health is always the negative, I feel, is something that needs to change. And so then we've come up with the right way of doing it, which is all about how well are you and let's move forward in that direction, because that's what you want. It's a spy girl thing, right? Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. You don't want depression. Don't talk about that. I'm not saying don't talk about it, but don't aim for that. Aim for something else, right? The second thing is inconsistency. So the way that we measure it is very different across the board. Some companies measure it this way, some companies measure it that way, different families measure it differently as well. And the third issue is irresponsibility. Whose responsibility is this current issue? Um, You know, who holds that responsibility of it? And so there are three elements and I hope not to be too technical about it. But number one, where is the drama coming from? The technical word for it is psychosocial risk and the technical standard. Can you imagine, uh, Richard, that there is a global technical name and a standard for drama. And that's called psychosocial risk, which is what is this drama uh-huh. psychosocially that is impacting you and putting you at risk. And we've measured that in Malaysia right now. And, you know, you don't want too much drama in your life. Let's say 80-20 rule, 80%, uh, 20% maximum drama. In Malaysia right now, we have close to about 36% of drama every time you step into the workplace. Every single day, compounded. Uh, and then we watch Korean drama after that as well, you know. <laughs> uh, and some people say that, you know, I have no drama then you're the one creating the drama. So the second thing would then be, some people go through the drama, but they still do well. So the second term or the the second responsibility, the first one, the drama, is the responsibility of the organization to mitigate that. But unfortunately, organizations will then say, oh, you know, why don't we do yoga workshops and all of these things. But the responsibility is, if you're causing a lot of drama, like high workload and the pace is too high, the organization's responsibility is to mitigate that drama. And the second one would be on the individual Uh, Well-being is something that a lot of us think that is the organization's responsibility. But would you leave your money with your boss?
2: Mm.
0: You wouldn't leave your money with your Mm. boss. Then why would you leave your mind with your boss? Mm. So never leave your money or mind in the hands of anybody, not your wife, not your mother, not your husband. Right? yeah. So that well-being is yours and yours truly. It doesn't matter what the circumstance. That's for you to figure out the rest of your life, how you're going to work this magic within you. And thirdly, is called between me and the organization. If things are not right and not well, do I feel safe enough to be brave and have these conversations to elevate things to the next level? Mm. Because chances are I'm not the only one going through it. Mm. And it's beneficial ultimately for the performance of the organization. For that, we call psycho- psychological safety. How safe do we feel? Not just to feel safe, but brave for both of us as well. So when we talk about challenges that people are going through, coming back to your question, where is this challenge coming from? And let's not call it a mental health issue. Where is this? What is the root cause of it? And how do we be responsible? Which level of responsibility are we at? Is it yours? Is it mine? Is it the organization's? Um, and in Malaysia right now, we've created this movement called the Wellbeing at Work Index. And from a data-driven perspective, then you can see where who, who owns this particular issue. Mm. Um, and I think from a leader's perspective, starting out with data would be the most valuable thing for you, rather than saying, let's talk about mental health. We don't even know what that mm-hmm. is. Yeah.
1: Um, what about, I mean... Uh and this is a, a kind of difficult. What was the term we used to, for drama? What was it again?
0: Psychosocial risk.
1: Psychosocial. Yeah. Next risk. time
0: someone is, you know, annoying you, you can just tell them you're putting me at psychosocial <laughs> risk right now. <laughs> so
2: there may be there may be
1: people coming into the workplace that is carrying psychosocial risk with them mm. from something that's external. You know, mm. maybe uh, family matters, mm. and they're bringing it into the workplace. Mm. You know, and not. On purpose, but mm. it, it's sticking to them like mm. a, a bad smell almost, mm. you know. How does somebody in the workplace then, mm. uh, particularly when it's a manager, you know, help to get them through that without it impacting their performance, mm. or without it impacting, you know, mm. on, on their job? Mm.
0: So when we look at, um, you know, when you see, I love that you say that you're carrying it with you, right? Because mm. it's energy, actually. Yeah, you're literally, yeah. it's in you. So there are three things that we look at the three Ps. One is if it is pervasive. if it is colouring all parts of your life, if it is persistent and if it's personalised, you're like saying that this is something that is happening to me, whether I'm at home or whether I'm at work, then we consider that not psychosocial risk, it's your well-being that's impacted. Mm, mm. You are impacted right now. You are at a disconnect in your life and you are not able to figure out how you can reconnect both at home, at work and in your Mm, life. mm. Because some people can really, you know, Uh, they say oh you know you you put a separation or boundary between work and life some people can really do that some people cannot yeah but if you're one of those that is carrying it around you and in and we call psychosocial meaning it's a relationship it's a relationship that you're not able to work out and it's affecting all areas of your life and that relationship really is with yourself.
1: I I think there's also that uh, the danger that um depending on what industry you're in as well, Mm. is the ability to kind of leave this at home because there are jobs out there that are where you can switch off your brain, you Mm. know, uh, depending on what you're doing. But there are also uh, things where you have to be emotive in your work and Mm. and that will be impacted
0: surely. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's the nature of your job as well, right? Like, you know, it's very, very time sensitive. And, um, you know, one of the things that really breaks us up And this, you know, it really prevents us from really connecting with ourselves is when you have very little levels of control Mm. and and like working in a radio station like yourselves. And I see all of you working so diligently and, you know, everything is by the second, you know, Mm. like before we get into like three seconds. Just when you say three seconds, my heart rate is already moving like incredibly. Right. So when you feel that there's diminished sense of control, you will feel less disconnected with yourself because all of the variables are outside of you. Mm. then now my question would be, or my, my, my reframe would be, who are the people that do it well in the radio industry? Mm. Who are the ones that are role models and success stories? And how did they go about having a life that is really still very precious to them, meaningful mm. and healthy, and then potentially move in that direction? Because mm. 80% of all of us, regardless of which industry, may not be living our lives in the best way. So who would be the role models mm. then that are doing it beautifully? Mm. Um, and and get their advice, get their opinions, and do it. Yeah, you know, and yeah. really, really do what it is that they are saying. Yeah. And majority of the time, they're very spiritu- They have very deep spiritual practices around them.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, now, before we take a break, um, I guess. Uh, employee privacy and and, uh, and mental health mm. is something that is a topic that often comes up as well. And we've spoken about it in the past, uh, how it's not something that many people feel comfortable discussing with with HR or with their boss or, or, or whomever. Mm. Uh, but now it's become a little more open. You know, you can go to HR, you can say, I'm, I'm experiencing issues, who can I go and talk with? But how do we find that um, or, or respect that boundary?
0: Yeah, the word boundary as well, right? Um, how do we respect that particular boundary? Um, I, I I don't have like a blanket version of this, but I think the more open you are in conversation, the more open you are to performing. And that openness and that safe space, if companies do not have that, and Google Project Aristotle, they, they, Google, I, you know, not mentioning them because I want to, uh, but they ran a pro- particular project called Project Aristotle and they're trying to see who were the best, highest performing teams. So this is not about mental health. This is ultimately as an organization, mm. CEOs and, you know, boards of directors and economically make money. Right. So they were looking at the highest performing teams versus the lowest performing teams. And the singular differentiator between these two teams was psychological safety. The feeling that you're safe enough to be brave helps you to outperform. When you're open in conversations, you're open to performing and you therefore then perform as well. So I take it as more like a corporate strategy that doing this is going to be extremely helpful. And if you do it the right way, you will ultimately carry the energy of everybody towards higher and higher performance. Mm. So, for example, if there's a death, somebody has gone through a death in their family, talk about it. And and utilize that as wisdom for everybody else to learn from it. And you will realize that absolute power of wanting to perform even better as a, as a team. And I don't think there is anything as a psychologist, I don't think there's anything that I've heard that has ever shocked me. Because it's so relatable from affairs to bankruptcy to, um, you know, being deprived of sleep to miscarriage. These are things that happen to anyone and everyone in all of their lives. You will it's, know somebody. It's life. Correct.
2: Right, right. Yeah.
0: So what 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 do we need to be so scared to? It is your issue if you're feeling scared to talk about things.
1: These would be conversations that we'd be having anyway with, with other people, right?
0: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes not anyone because mm. we don't know who to talk about it. But And people say, oh, it's so difficult to bring up a topic. Every time we have just said, shall we talk about miscarriage? Mm. You will see 10 people saying, even if they originally three seconds ago say, I don't want to talk about it. But the moment you say anyone had a miscarriage that would like to talk about it. People will stop talking about Mm.
1: it. Mm. I think before I let you go, um, in in terms of destigmatizing this this issue, we're at a good place, a fairly good place, I'd I'd argue, right now. What communication strategies do you think are, are Available to our listeners, should they want to be able to talk to their their, their, their colleagues their their bosses? how would they go around for, for, for maybe companies that are not as open as, as perhaps our companies are?
2: Mm.
1: How should they start that conversation with somebody? do you think because I mean you don 't want to be sat i 'll give you an example i don 't want to be sat with one of my colleagues here and suddenly leaned on them and start saying mm. oh, you know i 'm having this issue at home i 'm having that issue at home." But often those colleagues are the people that you spend most time with, right?
0: Yeah. You know yeah.
1: how do you how do you get around that? I guess.
2: Mm.
0: I I don't know how far we have come from being human that we we do not know how to have these conversations yeah. anymore. And you're absolutely right because you you just don't know how to have these conversations because we have created all these terms around it, mm. and and then we 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 also we. I think the first thing before you have a conversation is this energetic power that you bring to anyone around you. And that is, as much as possible, if you feel love for anyone, the conversation just happens very naturally. Mm. Very, very naturally. Even an animal will come to you straight away because you, they sense that love, right? Yeah. And it's easy to have that. The The other thing would be to come from a place that the person is... You want to set that person up for success, you're not listening for the drama. You're listening to figure out what would help this person in that moment that they want. Mm. So just asking, what can I do for you? Mm. Really, that would be helpful, right? And if you've already made those predictions that that is a person who just loves talking and pouring their heart out, that would be helpful. But I also think that it's very important to shift that conversation into things that they are already doing well that they cannot see for themselves. So for example, you have moms these days and the data shows that women moms are one of the most impacted in the in the lot of us in the community tell them all the great things that they're actually doing and how far they have grown because they cannot they've lost sight of themselves yeah. and when they can realize it and this is one really powerful ceo asked me how he how do you maximize the potential of people and thank god you know as a hindu you've got a thousand gods because you don't even know how to answer that question and really not to be religious right now one of the gods came and <laughs> at that point in time could could Really answer that question, but you cannot maximize what you cannot see. You cannot have a conversation until you can really see all areas that can pull that person upwards. Mm. So, for example, when you know when I when I'd seen you during the pandemic, that was miraculous. The things that you were doing for the nation, mm. coming in and sacrificing your—I'm not saying you should have sacrificing your own life, literally, because nobody was getting out of the house to come into the studio to the studio. And I wish, like, maybe ten people would have told you that every day because. Um, when we go through stress, the first thing that will happen is cortisol will spike up. But if there's um, oxytocin, which is a lot of love, that will get negated and yeah. you will feel like a hero yeah. instead of feeling burnt out. Yeah. If 10 people told you that every day, I'm not saying that that wasn't the case for you. You'd feel like a hero. So stress turned into love makes you have a high that's why people still keep giving birth over and over again. You're like, oh, my God, what are you doing with your life? All that pain. And they're like, no, but there was so much love. And, the, you know, your cortisol combined with your uh, oxytocin, which is why people run marathons and all of that, you know, so much of pain and suffering, but compound that with equal amounts of love. It's magic. Mm. So I really hope that we convert these conversations to knowing that it's not a singular thing that people go through when they're going through anything in life. Mm. It's not only that they are sad. They mm. could be also happy. Mm. Uh, you know, even in a funeral, past few, don't know why, the past few weeks, there have been so many deaths in, in the community that we, we know of. But you can see people laughing even at a funeral. It's yeah. not all sad. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Hedl, as, a, as as ever, absolute pleasure speaking with you today.
0: Likewise, thank you so much for having me.
1: All right, folks, I have been speaking with Heddle Doshi, Organisational Psychologist and CEO at Opsych. Uh, Of course, you've been listening to Resource Centre. It is your one-stop shop for insights and strategies to help build and grow your business. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. You can also find our shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast players. I'm Rich Bradbury here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station.